snow lands on top. Well, welcome everyone to Feel and Film. I'm your host, Aaron White, here to bring you reviews each and every week. And for this week, I am excited to be talking about a new film in a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart. It's based on a set of books that I grew up reading, a book that one of which I went to a midnight release for, which is very rare for me to do. And here we have its prequel novel finally being adapted for the big screen. This is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, brought to us by Lionsgate. It stars Tom Blythe, Rachel Zegler, Peter Dinklage, Hunter Schaefer, Josh Andres Rivera, Jason Schwartzman, and Viola Davis. It is directed by Francis Lawrence and written by Michael Leslie and Michael Arndt, based on The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. Cinematography is by Joe Willems. It is edited by Mark Yoshikawa, and music is by James Newton Howard. It runs 157 minutes and is rated PG-13 for strong violent content and disturbing material. What's it about? Coriolanus Snow mentors and develops feelings for the female District 12 tribute during the 10th Hunger Games. Now, first of all, for me, it was just an absolute joy to be back in this dystopian world that I find so fascinating. One really cool element of the production for this prequel is that they filmed in Germany, intentionally wanting to capture the architecture of that area. And I think that it serves this movie well because what we see here is a version of the capital that is only 10 years post-war. And that architecture harkens back to the authoritarian Nazi regime in a big way, which is very analogous to the way that the capital is operating. The two biggest elements of this novel, in my opinion, are providing us backstory on the Hunger Games as an event itself. Where did the idea for it come from and how did it level up to become the big experience that we see Katniss in during her films. This film also reveals a ton of details about how people got where. Specifically, mostly, about President Snow. This is his villain origin story, and it is a highlight and the central point of the entire story. We see how a young Coriolanus Snow is influenced by things like poverty, by hunger, ironically, by the loss of status for his family that can no longer provide him and them a life in which they had become accustomed to in the capital. He lives with his grandma and his cousin Tigris, and he is fighting hard to become the winner of this scholarship called the Plinth Prize that will allow him to study at the university for free because he can't afford it. This is very important to him and is a driving force behind his actions throughout the story. We also see how he is influenced by relationships in his life, specifically with his best friend, Sejanus Plinth, who is actively campaigning against the idea of the Hunger Games and is a genuine, humane rebel at heart. And also Snow's relationship 
with Lucy Gray, the District 12 female tribute who he is designated to mentor and help work through the Hunger Games in a way that is appealing to a crowd for the first time ever. We also get to know some backstory for his cousin, Tigress Snow. How does she become the person that we meet in Mockingjay, who is ready to betray her cousin when he's president? We learn why Snow has such a specific disdain for District 12 and the people that come out of that district. We learn how Snow becomes fond of using poison to dispose of his enemies. We learn where the Hanging Tree song that Katniss sings during the Propo films in Mockingjay originates. And it's a lot of fun to get to meet the ancestors of people we knew from the Hunger Games. There are lots of family names that you'll recognize. One of the most fun in this particular film is Lucretius Lucky Flickerman, who is both a weatherman and also maybe the first host ever of the Hunger Games. He is the ancestor of Caesar Flickerman, played by Stanley Tucci, who we get to know very well, and he's an absolute riot in this movie, and I thought one of the best parts. We also meet the very off-the-rails and demented game maker, Dr. Volumnia Gall, played by Viola Davis. She is chewing up scenery in this particular role, and I mean, you can't take your eyes off of her. She is an absolute force, and she is crazy to the bone. She is coming up with all sorts of weird ways in which to mess with the tributes for the first time that is beyond the kind of simplistic games that we see at the very, very beginning of the 10th Hunger Games. And that's really just one of the unfortunate things about this is that it's a lot more boring overall when they're in that arena than what we've become accustomed to by seeing all of the previous films in this franchise. There are some weapons there in the center, but that's really all it is. It's a small space. It's not a giant location with different biomes and places to go and hide. They're much more confrontational and forced to go right at each other than you've seen before, and they just don't have interesting, unique game elements that are put in there to mess with them outside of one big specific event involving some rainbow snakes. And none of the tributes outside of Lucy Gray really feel that interesting to us. We don't get to know them, and they don't have enough depth to generate the kind of emotional response when they die that I feel like many of them did as we saw them in the previous films. Rachel Zegler, as this secondary main character of Lucy Gray, she can sing, and that is a key aspect of the character, who is part of a group called The Cubby, they are, I think, based off of the Romani people. They are a traveling group of nomad performers, generally musical, and she is awesome. She uses singing as her talent in the way that Katniss is talented in using a bow and arrow. And it's that and kind of her cleverness that allow her to make herself appealing to the capital and the people that are in charge of the Hunger Games, and also to gain the interest of Coralania Snow, who is mentoring her. She does all right showcasing the free spirit 
of Lucy Gray as well, but they give her a very folky, almost country accent in this movie, and it doesn't really match her singing voice at all. And I'm not entirely certain what the point of this was, but I found it rather distracting, honestly, and a little bit off-putting because the character just is speaking in a way that doesn't feel natural to me at all based on the character that I'm looking at. And it doesn't really jive well with the speech that we're hearing from pretty much everybody else in the movie, including anybody else from the Covey that we hear talk. They don't speak the same way that she does. Outside of that small detail, she does a rather good job, but Tom Blythe is the star here. He is incredible. He is totally captivating and mysterious in this dark character study as he struggles to reconcile his desire to live this capital life with his feelings for a girl who wants nothing to do with it. And he's just so emotionally compelling, showing us this character who is slowly corrupted by a system and sees the moral decay eat away at him and any semblance of humanity that he has left, especially from where we initially see him starting off in the film. It's both a tragic and an infuriating performance. I absolutely loved it. He is tremendous. And for all of Zegler's strengths, I feel like he's almost acting circles around her in a lot of scenes. And so she doesn't shine in the way that he does outside of her big musical numbers, which are also outstanding. Also, much like the book, the relationship between Snow and Lucy Gray wraps up pretty quickly and honestly in a way that I find unsatisfyingly ambiguous and then it just moves snow forward very abruptly to the end i didn't mind the length of this film at all really i thought the pacing was fairly strong especially when this is not an action-packed movie like the previous three hunger games have been at times i knew that going in so i was prepared and i can see how someone who isn't aware that this is going to be a slower burn could maybe find themselves in a little bit of a struggle with how this storytelling is depicted because it is not fast-paced and there are not a lot of big moments in the movie. It's definitely much more of a drama, honestly, than it is an action-adventure type of film. So I was satisfied and that's all I really needed to be from this. I came out of it as a major fan of this franchise. Happy, but not blown away by any means. I'll take it. Could have been a whole lot worse, and I'm just glad we got to go back to Pan Am for a little bit. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes will be in theaters everywhere on November the 17th. Well, that's it for this episode of the Feel and Film Podcast. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are watching. Please leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice if you're listening. Either way, I just want to thank you for being here. I hope that I'm helping provide you some information that you can use to decide what movies you're going to see and spend your time and money on. Of course, I'll be back soon. Until next time, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.